0: Thank you, choir, orchestra. Kathy does a pretty good impression of Patsy Cline, too. I don't know if you've ever (laughs) heard her, but she'd probably do it for you. Well, fake news and political correctness are euphemisms for lying, and they are eroding Americans' confidence in their institutions. I looked up uh, some polls not long ago because that is a belief that I have that all the lying that is taking place, all the misrepresentation we hear is causing our institutions and our leaders to be affected. And so as I looked at the poll I discovered that President Trump has an approval rating at that time of 39 percent. Congress has an approval rating of 16%, newspapers at 19%, television at 18%, and the Internet, 18%. Rasmussen had a poll that I just looked at saying that 85% of Americans believe that the federal government is Corrupt. Here's the problem. That threatens our democracy. And unfortunately, it seems that lying is acceptable and common. The Bible says in Numbers 23 God is not a man that he should lie, which seems to infer that man. Lies. Now we know that, but that verse infers that. God is not a man that he should lie. Now there are some groups with which we associate lying. Politicians. Someone asked the question, How can you tell if a politician is lying? And the answer is their lips are moving. They tell us one thing when they are running for office and they do something else when they are elected. For instance, the Democrats told us that if we approved Obamacare that we could keep our doctor, we could keep our insurance and that our premiums would go down. That was not true. The Republicans for eight years have told us that if we would elect them they would repeal and replace Obamacare and that is not true. So we know that Politicians have a tendency to tell us things that are not quite true. Golfers are questionable at best. But then we have been given permission to improve our lives. I don't know if you're a golfer, but you know that. If you are, we can improve our lives. Fishermen? Fishermen uh, have a problem with the truth also. My brother loved to Fish. He told me one time, he said, I caught the biggest fish I've ever caught. I said, how big was it? He said, it's about like that. I said, that's not a big fish. He said, man, I'm talking between the eyes. (laughs) Have you ever noticed that when a fisherman loses a fish, it's always the big one? I mean, they're always talking about the big one that got away. I have never heard one of them say, Man, I was in my boat. I was reeling in this four-inch brim. I mean, if I could have just gotten it in the boat, if I could have just hauled it in, I would have mounted that thing. Never. It's always the big one that gets away. Lying goes back in antiquity. One commentary said, It is well known that from all antiquity it was held as no crime to tell a lie in order to save a life. Thus Diffelon declared, I hold it right to tell a lie for safety. Nothing should be avoided to save life. So whenever we talk about lying, that is not something that is recent. It is something that goes back in history. For instance, Abraham told his wife Sarah, say that you're my sister to protect me. Well, she was his half-sister, but I got a lot of spankings for that. Because my mother believed that a half-truth was a whole lie. And that is what Abraham did. Jacob lied to his father to steal the birthright of his brother Esau. Even preachers are not exempt from lying. A pastor was talking to his little daughter, telling her a story, and she said, Daddy, is that true, or are you just preaching? (laughs) Since most everyone does it, It is acceptable to us, though it is not to God. Take your Bibles, turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 8, beginning in verse number 41. Jesus said, you are doing the deeds of your father. They said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and have come from God, for I have not even come on my own initiative, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I am saying? It is because you cannot hear my word. You are of your father the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I speak truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears the words of God. For this reason, you do not hear them, because you are not of God. All right, as we look at our subject this morning, which is lying, let's begin with a definition of lies, because a lie can take several forms. Now, I looked up the word lie in the dictionary and found there are several words that are listed under there. The first is lie, which is the direct term imputing dishonesty. So a lie is dishonesty. Then there's the word prevaricate. Softens the bluntness of lie by implying quibbling or confusing the issue. Then equivocate implies using words having more than one sense so as to seem to say one thing but intend another. That would be double talk. Palter implies making unreliable statements of fact or intention or insincere. And then there's the word fib. Applies to telling of an untruth that is trivial in substance or significance. So there are a number of words in the Bible or in the dictionary under lie. And there are different words in the Bible that are translated lie. There is the word pseudos in verse number 44 when he says which means a falsehood. Then there's the word susma, which means a falsehood or an acted lie. Then pseudo-logos, pseudo means false, logos means word, so it means then a false word. In biblical parlance, a lie is a falsehood meant to deceive, a falsehood meant to deceive, okay? Okay. So we're going to talk about lying, a falsehood meant to deceive. Where did that originate? Where did the idea of lying, of not telling the truth, come from? Well, it, doesn't, it did not come from God because God cannot lie. The Bible says in Titus 1:2, God who cannot lie. So, the Bible says that God cannot lie. Some people say, well, God can do all things. No, He can't do all things. He can only do that that is consistent with His nature. And the Bible says that He cannot lie. Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 18 it is impossible for God to lie. So, to lie then would be contrary to the nature of God, it would be contrary to the character of God therefore he does not lie in Leviticus chapter 19 the Bible says you shall not steal nor deal falsely nor lie to one another and you shall not swear falsely by my name so as to profane the name of your God I am the Lord okay it didn't come from God because God does not lie In fact, the Bible says it is contrary to his nature. It is impossible for God to lie. It did not come from him. If it did not come from God and we are followers of God, then we ought not be people who lie. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 5 says, A faithful witness will not lie. Isaiah chapter 63 verse 8, Surely they are my people, sons of God who will not deal falsely. In the New Testament, Colossians chapter 3, verse 9, Do not lie to one another, since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices. As the followers of God, we are not supposed to lie. Let me give you three ways, though, that we do lie. One is when we conceal the truth. In other words, we just don't tell the whole story. I mean, we go home from work. Our wives ask us why we are late. And we say, well, I had had to stop by the garage to have some work done on my car. But we just don't mention that we also stopped by and played nine holes of golf. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying that one way we lie is when we don't tell everything. We don't tell the whole story. Richard Nixon said, uh, Bob Haldeman, Bob, it is never the crime but the cover-up that gets you. So one way that we lie is when we conceal the truth. We don't tell the whole story. We just tell a little bit of it because that's what we want the other person to know. And therefore we lie about it. Another way is to stretch the truth. I guess that would go under fib. Not that significant, but to stretch the truth. John Bassanio, pastor of First Baptist, told me one time, I don't exaggerate. I just remember big. Well, there's a lot of us apparently who do that. I think that is a characteristic of most Texans that I know. They just have a tendency to remember big. Another way is when we break promises. And, and I would say especially to you parents, that is very important. If you make a promise, don't, don't, don't quickly make a promise to your child. But if you make a promise, you ought to keep it. Because if you do not, then you're lying to them. You, if you do that one more time, I'm going to do thus and such. You better do it. Because you're going to erode your child's trust in you. It is important that if we make a promise, that we keep the promises that we make. So, where does lying come from? Well, it doesn't come from God because God cannot lie. And then the Bible says, but Satan cannot tell the truth. In verse number 44, he says, there is no truth in him. Satan is a deceiver, always has been. In fact, he deceived himself into believing that he could be God. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 14, I will make myself like the Most High. That has always been the goal. That has always been the desire of Satan. He wants to be God. He wants to usurp the place that only belongs to God. He deceived himself into believing that he could be God. But not only did he deceive himself, he deceives us. He is the deceiver. You know the thing that is interesting to me about Satan's deception? It has never changed. From the Garden of Eden, his strategy has never changed. Always been the same. Here's how it goes. The first thing he does is to raise a question about the Word of God. In Genesis chapter 3, verse number 1, in the garden of Eden, now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? Now that's where he begins, writing a question mark over the word of God. Did God really tell you you are not supposed to eat from that tree? Is that that what he, it makes no sense. Is that what he meant? You can eat from all the other trees, but you can't eat from that one. The fruit looks fine. So he begins by questioning the authenticity of the word of God. Did God say that? If he said it, is that really what he meant? So he begins by questioning the word of God. The second thing is to deny the word of God. Eve told him, said God told us that if we ate from that tree, we would die. If we disobey and eat from this one tree, God said that we would die. But then in Genesis 3, 4, and the serpent said to the woman, you surely shall not die. That isn't true. You're not going to die if you do that. Nothing's going to happen to you if you do that. Do you see the way that it works? First of all, he raises a question about the word of God. And then he denies the word of God. And then he, he attacks the integrity of God. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 5, For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God knowing good and evil. So what he is saying is that no, God doesn't want you to eat from that because he knows when you do that you will become like him. So his strategy has never changed. Question the word of God. Deny the word of God. Attack the character of God. So where did lying originate? Originated with Satan because God cannot lie. Now we rationalize Lying because of our lack of understanding of truth. There are some, probably some of you, who believe that truth corresponds to feeling. I've had people on numerous occasions, I just feel in my heart that this is right. I just feel in my heart that this is true. Folks, let me be honest with you. You may feel in your heart that this is right tonight. But tomorrow morning you might not feel in your heart that it was right. You see, feelings change. What you feel at one point is not necessarily what you feel at another point. And the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. But people think sometimes that if I feel a certain way, then that has to be true. There are others who believe that truth is determined by popularity. If something is popular, it is truth. For instance, we are told that we are to approve certain things that are condemned by the word of God. And if we do not approve them, then we are on the wrong side of history. So we have to approve these things to be on the right side of history. I'll give you an example. Same-sex marriage has been rejected by society for thousands of years. But today it has become popular. Thus, it must be true. You see? If something is popular, then we decide, well, it must be okay. It must be true. It must be right. Why? Well, because it's popular. We're vulnerable to lies because of our misunderstanding of truth. And there are many who see truth as being subjective, that every person decides for himself or herself what is true. For instance, if it's logical, if something is logical to me, then it must be true. But I would remind you that it was logical to think that the world was flat some years ago, but that was not true. Some people believe that results determine if something is true, and I've heard on many occasions people say, well, you know, such and such ministry, there are thousands of people that attend. Boy, God is blessing that. It must be of God there are thousands of people who are there. Well, if you use that criteria, then the Gamecocks and the Tigers must be of God because there are thousands of people who attend. I know that you would probably think that, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it is of God. The point is there are some people who understand truth as being subjective, that every person decides for himself or herself that this is truth. It's logical, it's popular. Truth, however, is independent of us. It is objective, it is absolute. In math, 2 plus 2 is 4. Now, I know that we have recently, I don't know if we're still doing it or not, recently they they told us, well, if you say 5, you're close. I I don't want to get on a rocket ship that has been designed by that mathematician. (laughs) 2 plus 2 is 4. It doesn't make any difference how I feel about it. It doesn't matter if it is popular or unpopular. You see, it stands alone. It is independent. Two plus two is four. The earth's gravity is absolute. Now, if you want to test it, you want to do an experiment, you can get up on a building and jump. We'll see. But it is, it is absolute. Absolute. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, that's what Jesus said. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The law of non-contradiction says he cannot be the truth and not the truth at the same time. He's one or the other. So, Jesus said, I am the way, the life, and the truth. Either he is or he is not. But he can't be both. Now, there are those who would tell us, well, you know, Jesus was one truth. He was a truth. Not the truth, but he is, he is one truth. And then they tell us a story, you've heard the parable, and so have I. About some blind men who were trying to describe, find out what an elephant is like. And there was one who got hold of the tail, and he said, The elephant is like a rope. And the other had, a, had hold of the trunk, and he said, The elephant is like a hose and then there was one who touched the side and he said the elephant is like a wall and so forth as they described it now in the application of that it is we are told that all religions are valid see that all religions are valid that they have some understanding of the god essence that the christians understand some the Islam understands some, Judaism understands some, Buddhism understands some, that we all have some understanding of the God essence, but we don't have a complete understanding. Here's the problem. The person who is applying the story is saying we are all blind, but let me tell you the truth. Let me tell you the whole story. If we're all blind, how does he know the whole story? We rationalize truth because we see it as subjective when truth is objective. We have to reject uh, lies because of the consequences. Revelation chapter 22 verse 15 says, Outside, speaking of heaven, outside are the dogs and the sorcerers and the immoral persons and the murderers and the idolaters and everyone who loves and practices lying. Now understand in the verb tense that is used, that it's talking here about someone who habitually lies, someone by their nature who lies. They consistently lie. That person does not have the nature of God, and the Bible says they are outside because the destiny of someone without Jesus Christ is hell. That is the consequence. What about the Christian who lies? Well, there are consequences. Acts chapter 5 tells a story about Ananias. I'm sure that you remember the story Ananias and Sapphira. At that time, the disciples were selling what they had giving the money to the disciples to be distributed among the people so that needs would be met. Well, Ananias and Sapphira sold what they had and gave a portion of the money to the disciples to be distributed. The question was asked, is this all of it? Is this this all that you have? To which they replied, yes. And when that happened, the Bible says that Ananias was struck dead. And was carried out for lying to the Holy Spirit I read about a bishop who preached on that he said if God still responded to lying that way where would I be and the congregation chuckled a little bit at the thought he saw what had happened he said I'll tell you where I'd be I'd be right here preaching to an empty room How do we overcome the temptation to lie? We're all tempted. How do we overcome the temptation to lie? First of all, abide in his word. Verse 31. Jesus, therefore, was saying to those Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. Folks, if you want to avoid lying, Then fill your mind and your heart with the truth of God's word. If you're filled with the truth of God's word, there's not room to lie. So, how do we avoid lying? Abide in his word, and you will find freedom in the truth. Verse 32 And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You see, lies ensnare us, do they not? I remember my mother also telling me, "So when do you tell one lie, you've got to tell another one to cover that one up and another one to cover that one up. And that's really true, isn't it? Whenever you start a lie, there are other lies coming. But if you want freedom, you'll find it in truth. The truth will set you free. And then we find life in the truth in verse number 51. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word... He shall never see death. How do we overcome the temptation to lie? We abide in His Word, which is true. We find truth to be freedom. We have freedom in His truth and eternal life in His truth. I conclude. If you reject the truth, you receive a lie. And if you accept Satan's lie rather than God's truth, your destiny is hell. That's the truth. If you reject the truth of God and accept the lie of Satan, the truth is you spend eternity in hell. That's what the Word of God says. But, if you accept the truth, then you reject the lie of Satan, and your destiny is heaven. C.S. Lewis, and I'm sure you have heard this before, but it is so insightful to me. He said, you have to make a decision concerning who Jesus was, who he is. He said, you have three choices. Jesus was a liar... He deliberately sought to deceive us by telling us that he was God. He was a liar. Or he was a lunatic. He really believed that he was God, but he wasn't. He had emotional issues. Or thirdly, he's the Lord. He really is who he said he was. So what do you believe? See, that's the word of God. That's what God's word says. So who do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God who died on the cross to forgive you of sins? Or do you believe Satan's lie? Really important. Because your response determines your eternity. What do you believe? Our Father in God, I pray that your word might find lodging in our hearts today. I pray, Father, that you might give us the light to see the truth. And I pray for those who have never received Jesus Christ, the truth of Christ, of your love, of your forgiveness, and that they would do so today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen well in just a moment we're going to stand the choir is going to sing we extend an invitation if you're here without christ and want to commit your life to him we'll have staff members here to pray with you to receive you hope you'll do that pray that you will if you're looking for a church home our doors are open we'd love to have you as a part of our family stand with me please as we stand they sing you come i'll greet you as do <coughs> Standing because I don't have any recognitions, no announcements, nothing else to say.